0: Empowerment. It's going to be a really great, great conversation with my guest Penelope. And before I bring Penelope on, uh, I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation. And also, uh, just a just a fun fact: Penelope is the name of my car. I love the name Penelope. And so when I was able to interview someone named Penelope, I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's my spirit animal name. So (laughs) Penelope Jane Smith is the premier financial freedom coach for women entrepreneurs and the go-to expert for some of the biggest names in the conscious business industry. She's an acclaimed international speaker and certified trainer with over 20 years of teaching experience, the author of The Little Book of Prosperity, and a creator of Prosperity Coin, the world's first cryptocurrency designed to support financial freedom for women entrepreneurs. We'll have to talk more about that for sure. Through her signature programs like Financial Freedom 101, she has helped thousands of entrepreneurs from all over the world to create more ease, peace, and freedom around money. Please welcome Penelope Jane Smith to the show. How are you? Hey, Heather. I'm awesome. I'm super excited for this conversation. I
1: love geeking out about money with cool people and I love what you're doing with Chaos and Cookies. So I'm thrilled to be a part of it.
0: Thank you. And I like I said, um, Penelope is the name of my car. I don't care what car I have, her name is always Penelope. Really? And okay. so I do. I love that name. I think it's great. Awesome. Yeah. So you of go by Penelope I- or, Penny? or Penny? I do go
1: by Penelope. I went by Penny when I was little. And so that's like my little girl name. So people aren't allowed to call me that anymore. <laughs> Cause I found that names uh- like invoke different parts in me, right? And that invo- that invokes the like shy little sensitive girl. And, uh, Penelope is like exotic and beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to call forward. And so that's uh, what I go by now.
0: How fitting that your name is Penny and you're a financial expert. You no, know, that worked <laughs> out. I mean, I just for the
1: sake of branding, I almost wanted to go by Penny, but I'm like, no, I just can't. No. Like I said, it makes me feel like shy and you know,
0: reserved, right? No, you have to go with it. But that I just thought that was a fun little play. And before we dive in, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I have to tell you that recently I have
0: become addicted to crumble. Do you guys have that where you are? So yes, I've heard of crumble. I've been, I've been told about crumble. I've not yet tried them. I know. It's, it's you know, a, it's
1: a crime. Like I, the first time I went, I'm like, I'm they're just their branding and their marketing and the way they're, you know, do all these viral videos all over, like TikTok. Fantastic. And I'm just like, oh my God. I was like, I called my husband. I'm like, can we buy a Crumble franchise? I don't actually want to do this because this would not be good for my health, but oh my God, I love their branding and their marketing. And um, yeah, I got, I got hooked. So I'd say my favorite crumble cookie so far is probably the cinnamon maple swirl they're like huge right yeah humongous like the size of your face they're really big and they have these cookie cutters that you can buy that cuts them into fourths so you could also cut them into eighths but then all their nutritional information is based on a serving of one sixth of a cookie and I'm like ah (laughs) Oh, gosh. I don't know why. Like, just make the serving size an eighth or a quarter so you can actually like figure out what that is. But uh, <laughs> I just really, Heather, I'm just going to be fully transparent here. I just eat the whole cookie.
0: I was going to say, most likely, it would probably not make it past one day. For me, I would probably eat the entire thing. Or my children would get a hold of it. But, I mean, ain't no shame in that game. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have to try one because I've been told by lots of people and i just we have them around here and i just i pass it and every time i do i'm like oh i want to go in there but then i'm always either too busy or i'm like that's just a mistake like if i bring that stuff in my house then you know i have to make well, sure like my kids aren't home
1: <laughs> it totally like you know taps into my fomo cuz it's like the fear of missing out cuz it's like hey here's the flavors for this week you know and if you don't get it that week then those flavors are gone for who knows how long, maybe forever. And it's like, "Ah, Oh, they do like
0: flavors. So they change it up.
1: Yeah. That's part of like the, that's part of what's so brilliant about it. So they have, they always have their milk chocolate cookie, which is a good milk chocolate cookie. It is solid. I really like it. I've ordered it multiple times. My five-year-old likes it. And then every week they have five different flavors that rotate and they're always coming out with new flavors. So like bring back, old ones that did well, and they bring in new ones. And it's like, if you don't get it that week, then, you know, Ooh, who knows? Great. Who knows when it's coming back again or when? So it like really, um, I think it drives people buying more cookies. Cause they're like, I got to get it now. Whereas like, if I, and if I go to Mrs. Fields, love Mrs. Fields cookies, but I can get that same cookie anytime. Right. So it doesn't like oh, how can I get to crumble this week? It doesn't do that same thing to me. This is, I'm not saying this is like great for my health, but it is brilliant (laughs) for business. And I'm like, okay, how can I take what they're doing in terms of like getting other people to market their stuff by doing reviews of their cookies, the, the branding, the, um, the fun FOMO, the community, like how can I take what they're doing well and apply that to my own business?
0: Right, I need to get in on a cookie sponsorship. So crumble, hit me up if you hear this, (laughs) because I'll do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But no, it's funny because I'll also get the question like, "Are you a bakery?" Because they don't do their research and they look into it. And I'm just like, "No, you know, I'm a you know parenting like helper, coach, whatever." And so it's like, I would, and they're like, "Well, you you should." getting involved with a cookie franchise. I'm like, well, maybe one day. Um, but I need to get through, you know, all of the chaos of like just the summer first before I even think about doing stuff like that. But, um, totally. so tell, so you're a mom, um, of two little ones, right. A five-year-old yeah. and a three-month-old. Mm-hmm. And how yes. is that?
1: It's intense, you know. It is chaotic, like you said. So, you know, when I first came across your podcast, I was like, "Oh yeah, this totally speaks to me." Uh, so, I have a five-year-old named Gabriel, and then the three-month-old is Michael. I decided to go with the angelic boy names. Yeah, my whole life I thought I would have. I thought I would have a girl. I was convinced. And I was surprised, uh, when Gabriel was a boy, but I was like, okay, well, you know, we might end up having another kid. And then I was like, completely sure that Michael was going to be a girl. And when I found out he was a boy, I was just like, what, like, how is that even possible? And, um, and one of the things that made me feel better about not having my girl was thinking of them as my angel boys. And so we just oh. to go with the Gabriel and Michael since we already Gabriel. I was like, okay, well, this, one, this one then has to be Michael or Ezekiel, but my husband wouldn't go for that one.
0: Oh no. You know, they always have to rain on the parade of the, of the names. So I have two boys and a girl, uh, being a boy mom, super fun. They, they, I mean, it kind of anything goes, especially if you're just trying to get them out of the house and they just put clothes on. It's great. Um, yeah. it looks a little funky when she does it and she's right smack dab in the middle and she, Ooh, I mean, she's in the house right now. So I'll be careful of what I say. She is dramatic. She is seven going on 17. So it, oh it's, gosh. Oh man, it's a lot, but it's fun. It's definitely a, difference. But um, you know, my my sister has two boys, and so it's just you get to reuse all the stuff and she always has a matching clothes. And it's just it's a lot of dirt. It's a lot of poop talk. They love thinking <laughs> poop potty, but like is the funniest words. And they'll well, just have is. conversations back and forth. Boogers. It's like, really annoying. Yeah. But you totally. get it. Yeah, five old.
1: I do. Do you know uh Totoro, the Hayao Miyazaki Japanese anime character? It looks like kind of like a big gray rabbit with a white belly. Oh, no. Mm. Okay. Well, there, there's a movie. It's a, a Japanese cartoon called My Neighbor Totoro. And one of the characters in it is this like gray rabbit looking thing. And they have little Totoros too, but that's like the main Totoro. So yesterday I dressed both boys up as Totoro. <laughs> took Like a ton of pictures. I'm like, oh, look, there's, I found some little Totoros in my house. So I love being able to do silly stuff like that. For sure. And I've, I've embraced being a boy mom. I just had to let go of this lifelong dream of having a girl. So it wasn't like I was sad about the boy. I'm like, he's going to be a wonderful boy. I'm going to love him. It was like, oh, okay. My, I'm not doing my girl
0: this lifetime. That's not what I expected but boys you know. love their mamas, man. They love your mamas. That's what they say. They which, always come back. So let's just hope and pray, which is right? awesome.
1: I've, I've embraced it. And they're, they're super snuggly and wonderful. And Gabriel does love me and I love him. And we're, we're at like this super snuggle stage and I am into it. One of my intentions or goals for the year is just savor the snuggle. Cause yes, it's so hard. Yeah. Someday he's not going to want to just cuddle mommy all day, you know?
0: No, mine's getting there. Cause he's just all boy, but he's going into kindergarten. He's my baby. And I'm just like, Oh, so when I snuggle with him at night, I just sit there and I'm like, man, this is, I mean, all my kids like still like their snuggle time at night, but it's just like, you still have that soft baby skin and that baby, like, face still. And it's just right there. And you're right on the cusp of like big kid. So it's, I get it. Cause I do the same thing. I try to soak it up as much as I can. Soak it
1: up while you can. Yeah. I'm not planning on having any more kids. I'm already, I don't even know how old I am. I think I'm 46 in September. We start yeah. losing track of how old we are. when you Yeah. I keep thinking I'm going to be 46. And I'm like, wait, am I 46? No. Right. I- 46.
0: Numbers There's are difference. tricky. Numbers, tricky. Yeah. So tell us a little more about how you, so we, we, as your bio said, like you've written a couple books, you've got cryptocurrency. There's a lot of, lots of things and places we could go for finances, especially for women and women entrepreneurs. Um, I've spoken about it on the show before with other guests, and I think it's extremely important. I I'm in that stage too, where I'm trying to focus more on learning about finances and money, like tax season, like taxes, just even for my business. Not so much for home; those are pretty like front, for, 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 you know, straightforward. But like for your business, it terrifies me because mm-hmm. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I obviously will get some help because finances and numbers are not my thing. But it it's difficult if you don't get blessed with those skills or learn them early on.
1: Yeah, which most of us don't. Right. So most of us have like all this shame around money. We think that everybody else has it figured out. And you know, the truth is Heather, Heather like almost nobody has this figured out. Right. right. Almost nobody has their money stuff together. We don't learn about this in school. We don't learn about it at home growing up. And then somehow magically we're supposed to be responsible for our own financial features. And Oh, by the way, in a lot of families and communities, you're not allowed. you're not allowed to talk about money. So like,
0: Right, you can't. It's such a taboo. Like you're not allowed to talk about like how much money you make or ask. Or I think the last lesson I had in money, like, is what I can remember. Or the first, maybe I should say the first. The first lesson was how to balance a checkbook. Like back when you had to actually write it down and balance it. Like when I was going to college.
1: And that is like way more than a lot of people get.
0: Right. Well, now it's digital age. Like forget it. People look at checkbooks. Like what is that thing? Right. It's all Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, all those things. And so I just, there's so much anxiety around money for me. And that's just because personally, like in my marriage, my ex-husband did all the finances, made all the money. I didn't have to depend on him to make money. I like making my own money. I've always worked and it, it gave me a sense of freedom and not feel so bad spending quote unquote his money. But again, that was also a positioning thing. And our relationship was like his money, which I also don't agree with. That's a whole nother topic, but yeah. bringing that into play when you're trying to now separate and do it on your own, it's very daunting. And yeah. it's, it was almost like a scare tactic or um, a control thing to keep me there was finances and money. Totally. And I've been in similar situations
1: before and it's, it's really tough. And for me, one of my highest values is freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Like I think about the Braveheart movie with the guy going, freedom. And it just like (laughs) lights up my heart, lights up my soul. I'm like, yes, freedom. That's what I don't, that's what I want. I want people to be able to, especially when it comes to financial freedom. And that's why I, you know, I might focus, focus my business on supporting women entrepreneurs to create financial freedom. Because I want people to make choices out of a place from freedom and joy, not debt and obligation. Like I have to stay in this relationship because I can't afford to support myself on my own. or, you know, I can't go visit my dying mom because I can't afford the plane ticket. Like that stuff makes me crazy. It like causes me physical pain to mm-hmm. think about. um, so that's that's a big part of what i what why I do what I do is because that's what I'm really passionate about. And I think the first step in, creating more freedom around finances and letting go of some of that uh, money shame and anxiety is just realizing that like managing and investing money, it's just a skill that's learnable like anything else. And it's actually like relatively simple, you know, all these like big wall street people and investment people, they try to make it sound all complicated. So you'll just like, be like, I don't know, and like hand over your money, but it, right. it really doesn't have to be. And if you think about all the education that you got growing up, you know, in school, in your professional education, the education that you got to run your business, maybe courses, mentors, whatever, think about all the time and money that you invested in doing those things. And then think about how much time and or money you've invested in learning how to manage and invest money is probably not as much right so we right. gain this level of mastery in our business and then to go learn how to actually grow money and manage money that's a different skill set and we're like oh well i haven't mastered that one yet i don't want to go feel like a beginner again that's
0: uncomfortable you know well yes but being uncomfortable being comfortable is not somewhere you want to be you always want to be uncomfortable you're yeah. not growing
1: But it is a learnable skill, just like in business, you know, you've probably figured out that the skill set that it takes to deliver your product or service and the skill set it takes to run a business that offers that is different, right? Like you can probably make a better hamburger than McDonald's if you wanted to. That's like the, the skill to deliver the hamburger, but could you run this incredible business system all over the world where teenagers can run your empire? Like those business skills, that's a different skill set. So the there's the make money world. Sorry.
0: I like that when you're like, when you're a teen, teenager, can run your empire. I thought that was great. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we, so we have that, we have the make money world and that's where we tend to like really focus our energy on is like attracting clients, making sure our business is profitable, making sure our team and bills and everything are paid. And that's where we focus, but there's this whole other world of money, like getting your money working for you and managing and investing it. And it doesn't take a lot of time, but if we can put just a little bit of time on educating ourselves there and put some systems in place, then it's gonna create a lot more just ease, peace, freedom. You don't have to stress. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to like feel like there's something wrong with you because
0: you haven't totally gotten all this dialed in, right? We wanna sit and understand it and come up with a way... That it it makes sense. I remember when I would research things or or try to under. That's what I do. Like even if I watch like a movie, I'll have to understand where that actor like their whole life story because it's like oh you know they look like so and so. What were they in before? And then you just go down the rabbit hole. And so I do that with everything I do. And I was doing that with money a few years ago when I was you know uh, starting this business and everything like that. And I remember when i would ask my husband at the time like to help me understand it it would either be like this is too complicated i don't want to like get into this right now and he would just like i got it mm-hmm. and i put the trust in there or i would be asking questions he's like no and then he would try and like talk for a second and then would be like yeah no no like this is just too like you just can't get it it's fine like why are you worrying about it and so Trying to understand it in a way that you do, it also brings a lot of confidence and brings a lot of eat like ease to your brain. Cause then you feel like you're not in the dark. Yeah. And that's my whole thing is like things that I don't understand, it makes me anxious. Right. So I try to totally. understand them. Cause you also totally. don't want to be like these, you know, couples that you see in the tabloids where, or even just friends that I know, like my husband stole all my money and I had no idea because mm-hmm. I let him control it. Like yeah. now you're, uh, you know, flipping the bill too.
1: And you know what's scary, Heather? It's not just husbands. It's even financial advisors. Like I sure. know multiple people who have had their financial advisor run off with all their money.
0: And wives, wives do it
1: too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is the, the distinction that I want to share is that there's a difference between delegating, like getting support in areas where you're not already a master. Like that's just smart, right? But there's a difference between delegating and abdicating responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? That's what we don't want to do. We don't want to just like shove it over blindly and be like, Nope. It's kind of like, imagine I took my little baby, Michael and just said, you know what? I don't want to look at you. I don't want to deal with you. I just want to pay somebody else to handle you. Um, here you go. I'm just going to like send you off over here for somebody else to deal with. Like you, like just even thinking about saying that to a child, makes my yeah. body contract. I'm like, Oh, gross. Right. But how often have we heard people say that about money? Like, I don't want to look at it. Somebody else handles it. I just want to pay somebody else to deal with it. I don't want to think about it. Right. So that's, that's pretty repellent to money. And the thing is, even if you are in a partnership, a business partnership, a, a marriage partnership, a domestic partnership, any kind of partnership where you're combining finances, you are still the steward of your money. Right. Right. Right? So you can totally get support. You can totally delegate, but anytime you abdicate and you just shove it away, you just have to realize that you risk losing all of it.
0: Sure. Cause people will also, especially over, you know, they can dip very, I mean, I know of a very specific instance I'm thinking of, of, um, a business I know, and he, the guy was just taking it little by little, Because you, you know, no one ever knew, and then all of a sudden, like something happened, or uh, someone—I think it was a new bookkeeper—got hired and stumbled upon it, and then oh my gosh, it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars gone. Wow! And now he's going to be going serving time and all this and all this stuff, but put an entire organization under because of just someone trusting him and just not watching or checks and balances and things like that. And not that you can't trust the person that you're hiring, but you. You, this is, it isn't anything in business, not even just money. Even for like here, like if I'm going to trust someone to do something, like my assistant who helps me with my calendar and uh, my email, I understand my process and I understand it. So she, what I see her do, I know what she's doing and she's, there's nothing that I won't. And if she's not there, I can continue to maintain it. So understanding the systems and how your business works inside and out only helps you.
1: Totally. And it's like, you don't have to do your own tax returns and know everything about the tax code to do your taxes. Like you can hire a tax person, but if you like have a little bit of financial education, you can help guide them, you know, and make sure they're catching things. Like I reviewed my tax returns um, that my guy put together. And I was like, wait a sec, you have this stock that we sold categorized as short-term capital gains, and it should be Long term capital gains, right? You know, and so, like, I caught his mistake because I know what capital gains are. You know, I don't know how to do the whole thing. Our taxes are pretty complicated with multiple businesses and real estate and everything else, but I know enough that I can just kind of like look over and make sure there's no like glaring errors, right? So, a little bit of education goes a long way. And when I'm working with women, to start creating more freedom around finances, I take them through what I call my wealth accelerator system, which has four parts. There's a mindset, education, systems, and strategy, or
0: MESS for short, because most Mm -hmm. of us
1: are a hot mess when it comes to money.
0: I love a great acronym. I love it. And
1: I want to take the pressure off and be like, you know what? You're always going to have a mess. You're always going to have a mess. And in this case, your mess is your key to creating wealth and freedom. So we're just going to like, look at your mess and embrace your mess and up level your mess, right? So when it comes to mindset, it's like, you always want to create, you want to always be expanding your prosperity mindset, just like a yoga practice, right? There's always a next level when it comes to money mindset, education, we've been talking about financial education. So let's talk about what that means specifically. Financial education is like the outer game, how to, and there's five areas. There's making money, Saving it, managing it, investing, and protecting it. So make, save, manage, invest, protect. So, again, like just start educating yourself in those areas. Like, you probably already have a lot of education around making money, um, but do you have a system in place to save it? You know, like at my Financial Freedom 101 event, we have people create like a whole separate bank account or even more than one separate bank account for very specific purposes. So now your money actually gets saved instead of just getting spent on something else, which is what most of us do naturally, because the truth is the way our brains are wired, the way human behavior has developed, we are not good with money. (laughs)
0: If we see it, we have it. If We see it there, we have it to use, but we don't yeah. so the right We just, way we, just nat-
1: we just naturally practice bank balance accounting where we look in our account and we're like, okay, great. I have money. I can go spend it. Or, oh no, I don't have money. I need to go get another client. Right. That's normal. Right. So if you can like put it over your market in a whole separate account for a specific purpose, now it's a lot less likely to get spent. So that's an example of actually learning how to save is to Learn the distinction. Like, I didn't just get 20% off on this dress at Target, but I actually took that 20% and moved it over to this separate account. I transferred it from the make money world to the grow money world. Like, that's right. an important distinction, right? And then, systems well, separate accounts are an example of systems. Having a money date where you are regularly looking at and connecting with your money, that's a system. Managing your cash flow, there's like a system for that. Um, strategy. I'm specifically talk about like your investment strategy. What's your plan for growing your money with or without a financial advisor? You know, and with a little education, you can know how to spot if your financial advisor is actually doing a good job and earning their fees, right? Um yeah. so that's that's kind of like the the way I work with people on up leveling. I hope that's helpful.
0: Absolutely. And so you also mentioned and the hot hot thing right now is crypto is it in your bio. Let's I get approached all the time, mainly from spammers, but like learning about crypto and how it's the new this and that. And crypto is, um, I know it's very, it's going, I'm assuming that's where it's going and it's digital money. So it's very, it makes a lot of people timid, I'm sure, because it's not tangible Mm -hmm. and it's not like you can just go spend crypto at Target. Or maybe you can. I don't know. But you know it it's so let's dive in a little bit more of that topic,
1: sure. absolutely. So I think cryptocurrency is fascinating. And the reason that I've been working over the last year to develop Prosperity Coin, which is you know the first crypto for women entrepreneurs specifically, is because I saw this as a way that could really support my mission of financial freedom for women entrepreneurs. I mean, eighty six percent of financial advisors are men. So the traditional financial planning models are designed for the average person, which is the average man. There's a gender bias in the financial planning industry that doesn't take women's longer lifespans, differences in our career path into consideration. So women end up with less money at retirement, but it has to last us longer. Super frustrating, right? So helping, uh, and cryptocurrency is also very male dominated right now. In fact, I just got flown out to Salt Lake City to be the first woman alongside all these big name financial gurus like Robert Kiyosaki to be the first uh, woman that revealed films interviewed about cryptocurrency for their docu series. So mm-hmm. I want to find like a fun, easy, risk-free way for women to like dip their toe in the crypto world. So one of the ways this supports that mission is People can get prosperity coins for free by like commenting on my YouTube videos or participating in challenges or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of ways you can get free prosperity coins and then you can redeem them for prizes. Like my programs, other people's programs, like any, anybody can offer prizes. You could offer a prize Heather and get prosperity coins that way. Right. So like, let's say it, it's kind of like. If you it's a referral
0: process, it's a referral type situation. it's It could
1: be. Yeah, it could be. You can you you can get prosperity coins all these different ways. So like you could say, "Hey, you know what? Um just like you would donate a prize to a raffle at a business networking thing as like to create visibility for your business, you could put a prize into the Prosperity Coin community and say, um for example, I'm not saying you should do this, but like <laughs> let's say, "Hey, for 500 Prosperity Coins, I will interview you on my Chaos and Cookies podcast and I will do that for one person, the first person that sends me 500 prosperity coins, assuming it's a fit, I will interview you. And that of course gives them more visibility for their business. So that's a cool prize. Now somebody has a neat thing they can redeem their coins for you now have the coins you can use. You're also getting to show showcase your chaos and cookies podcast to everybody in that prosperity coin community. So that's just like one fun way that we can do this and get people like more comfortable with the crypto because it doesn't cost any money to get in. You can like play with it and get prizes. And you could even just like send prosperity coins to someone because you appreciate them. So I can be like, oh, wow, Heather, like I really like what you said in that interview. Uh, Here's five prosperity coins just to say thank you. You know, so there's like all these fun things we can do with it. And then that also starts helping uh, women learn more about crypto, get educated, see if they want to have it be part of their investment strategy. Because I Mm -hmm. do feel like we're at the point Now, where it makes sense to have a little bit of your money in crypto. I'm not saying like back up the track, mortgage the house, right? Right. But it is the best performing asset of the last decade. And it's an example of asymmetric risk, meaning, let's say you put $100 in or $1,000 again. And you know, cryptocurrency is crazy, right? It's like super volatile, you know, meaning it goes up and down a lot. So let's say you're like, you know what, I'm going to put $1,000 in and I might lose all of it, right? Right. Like when you put money in the stock market overall, it goes um, up and down all the time. Like like some kind of index fund that kind of tracks the market, for example, like your money goes up and down, but the chances of it going to zero is like really, really low. That would mean like the entire financial system had collapsed and we were in anarchy, right? So the risk is less, you know, roller coasters go up and down, but as long as you stay on till the end, you're probably gonna be okay most of the time. That's not the case of crypto. Like it could go to zero, right? But let's say you take that thousand dollars and you're like, okay, it could go to zero. So I'm taking on more risk with this, but it could also double, triple, quadruple, 10x, 20x, like go up way faster than any other traditional investments. So I'm willing to risk all or most of it for it going up way higher. And then if it, if I have a hundred thousand dollar portfolio and a thousand dollars is in crypto if I lose that thousand dollars, it's like, I don't like it, but, but so what, you know, I still have $99,000. You with me? Right. So it's Like I, I'm willing to risk all that, but if it 10 X's now that's like brought that whole portfolio up quite a bit.
0: So can you like, just, I mean, I don't know much. I know that there's penalties and risks whenever you cash out. Right. So is it the same type of situation with crypto where it's like, say at 10 X's, Cause that's what you see online all the time. Like I put this much in and now look at my bank account, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. That's not real unless they're cashing out right when they're like tripling their money.
1: Sure. Just like selling a stock, you haven't taken profit. You haven't realized the gain until you sell it. And you know, there's still in terms of like the tax code, there's still some gray areas with crypto. So I think to be on the safe side, I would treat it just the same as selling a stock. So if you have a crypto fund like inside your tax-sheltered retirement account, like in the United States, a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, a 401k, or in Canada, like a TFSA, if you own like a crypto fund or um, something like that in one of those accounts and you sell, well, you, you're not going to have to pay taxes because that that account has tax advantages, right? If you mm. were to buy it just straight up on a cryptocurrency exchange or in a regular Brokerage account with no tax shelter, then I would assume you're going to pay the same capital gains you would pay as if you sold stock. I think that's the safe way to do it. So,
0: okay, so that's the safest way to do it. That's very interesting because I again don't have a lot of education with stocks, bonds, all the things. I have a 1k. I have um, an IRA when I transferred over when I left the legal world. So. I just get like a financial statement quarterly, I think. And it tells me how it's doing. And sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. It's not like a big, big deal. Um, it's, I guess my dad's financial guy. I was like, well, I'm just going to trust that guy. Sure. And that's what most people do. They're like, I don't know about any of
1: this crap. So let me find somebody I like and trust to do it for me. And the best way to find somebody is usually like, well, who's my dad use? Who's my mom use? Who's my friend use? You know? And that's, that's the way a lot of people do it. And that works for a while, you know, and then as you start educating yourself more, you can look and see like, what is the strategy that they're running for me? Do I agree with that? You know, what are the fees I'm paying them? How does that compare to just what the overall market is doing? Because if you don't have that education, you have no basis for comparison. You open your statements and you're like, okay, I see all these letters and numbers and, Okay. I own some things. Great. You know? And then, Oh, it went up. Okay. That's good. Oh, it went down. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. Let me file this statement somewhere. I mean, like, like, yeah, it doesn't really like mean much to you. Like, how could you possibly tell if it's doing well, you know, there like, ways
0: to do something else with it.
1: Yeah, right. exactly. Like, let's say it goes down 2% and you're like, Oh man, that sucks. But if it went down 2% when everybody else's stuff went down 40%, then you'd be like, okay, rock on, yeah. Did you have only 2%, you know? And then on the other hand, maybe it goes up 8% and you're like, oh, 8%. Okay. That's pretty good. That's awesome. But in a market that went up 30%, that's not so awesome. So it's like, you have no basis of comparison. It's like, um, it's like Zig Ziglar said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Kind of sure. Cause there's
0: just no, there's no, there's no level or baseline. You're yeah, just, Or are just like going with it.
1: No, no map that says here you are here, so you know, like where are you? And compared to where you're going, you're just like, like a percentile. I, 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 I like our, I like our person. They seem nice. They send me a Christmas card, and it's like, okay, but is that what's best for your money? Maybe not.
0: So, um, because we, yeah. we, you know, we gauge our kids like growth on percentiles. We know where they're sitting, right? So why would we not do that with money in the market and and things? Right. But if you don't know, you don't know, right? And so. Yeah. So do you want a really,
1: really easy way to do this? Yeah. Okay. So you can go for free to yahoofinance.com or stockcharts.com And you can look up what the S&P 500 is doing. The S&P 500 is just like a list of the top 500 companies in the United States. Um, So it's a nice, it kind of gives you a nice pulse or feel for the overall market. It's got inside that one index, it has smaller companies bigger companies so it has some diversification in terms of size and it, some income comes in from international so it even has some diversification from international so it gives you a really nice feel for the market and so you can look on yahoo finance or instockcharts.com and see what is the S&P 500 doing um and then compare that to what your stuff is doing and but- you can own a fund that Tracks S and P five hundred and like reinvests the dividends. I'm not giving financial
0: advice right now. I'm not saying you should do this. Yes, this way is- I, I do know that dividends is a good thing. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> well, the reason you've been taught that dividends are a good thing is because you, when people think about passive income, they think of it coming as like a regular check, like annuity deposit, or something like that. So dividends are a good thing. If the stock is also going up, they're not necessarily a good thing. If the stock's going down, like, let's say you're getting a 2% dividend, but the value of the stock is going down 8%. Well, you're, you're losing money. Right. 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 So I would like take the dividend into consideration, but don't get something just because it have a, has a dividend. Does that make Got sense? It.
0: Yeah. That so, makes sense.
1: So if you look at the S and P 500 as like a benchmark, because you can buy a fund Vanguard has funds, you know, Schwab, like anywhere, anywhere in the world, whatever brokerage account you're using, there's going to be some S&P 500 fund. And that's going to like mirror or match that index. And Mm -hmm. the fees are almost like minimal. So basically you can own the whole market for like free, basically. So if you're going to do something other than that, ideally you want it to be something that's doing better than the market. Right. And 80% of professionally managed funds do not. (laughs) So it's kind of like, like, well, shoot, if you can't beat them, join them. Like if you can't beat the S&P 500, just buy the S&P 500. You know, that's, that's one philosophy. Um, But I basically wanted to share that just so you can kind of use that as a benchmark to compare. Okay. If I look at my statement and my statement says that this has gone up, you know, 6%, how, how does that compare to the overall market? You know, right. You can even take the little symbols, the ticker symbols for the things you own that are on your statements and you can put them into Yahoo Finance or you can put them into the free version of stock charts and you can see like how much they've gone up or down and you can compare that to the S&P 500.
0: It's really I interesting. That's, actually very, that's very helpful. I mean, I I wouldn't have known that. I don't know if anyone else that's listening knows, who but would? Yeah. who would ever tell you that? You no, know. unless you're in it, right? Unless you're in it, but then they also don't want to tell you everything because then they would be out of a job or that's what they think. But I think that educating people more would help with the know, like, and trust factor as well. So if you're being honest with me and you're teaching me, but I don't want to do it because it's just beyond my realm and my capacity of thinking, because it's just, you know, then you, then you approach the, do I want to do this or can I do this? You know, yeah. then you can make that educated decision. Like, well, I know I and trust you. I don't want to do it. It's still over my head then you would gain business. So it's okay to like share that knowledge. Absolutely. So what would be then the biggest takeaway that you hope that listeners get from this conversation?
1: The biggest takeaway I'd like you to get is that learning to manage and invest your money is a learnable skill. Yeah. You know, it's not something that uh, we were taught in school or at home growing up typically. And so now is the time to get a financial education. And it doesn't have to be hard. Um, So that's what I would say is like make an ongoing practice of increasing your financial education. And then all of this stuff is going to get easier and easier and easier. Right. I ran into this um, quote online, you know, people post like quotes on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And it just like stopped me in my tracks and I was like, oh yes, that is it. And it said, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Oh, that's
0: so good. Oh, oh, yes. That's so so good.
1: That is what I encourage you to do.
0: Wow. I love that. And you have lots and lots of resources and things that you can share. And so where can listeners find all of the info? Obviously guys, the show notes will be, uh, with all the links will be in the show notes, but where, uh, can, can, yeah, we find I would say the- your, your
1: very best next step is to go to financialfreedomgift.com financialfreedomgift.com gift.com And that'll get you a free copy of my ebook, The Financial Freedom Formula. It'll show you exactly what it'll take for you personally to become financially free, starting from wherever you are right now. It's a quick read, but just like super helpful, can make millions of difference, millions of dollars of difference in your life over time. Mm -hmm. And then if you really um, want to... Up level your financial education. I have a three day event called Financial Freedom 101, where over the three days, we'll put all your money systems together. I'll take you through my wealth accelerator system and you'll leave with your entrepreneurial wealth blueprint. Like, here's all my money systems, here's how they fit together so that my business becomes a vehicle for creating wealth and freedom. So, think about again, like the time you've spent on getting your business to where it is, the time you spent in school growing up. So if you could just give me just three days, just three days, I can give you the tools to become financially free forever and get your money system set up. So if you would like to come to that event, after you get the ebook on the next page, there's a gold button that you can click where you can bypass the $497 tuition on my website. And you can come as our guest on Full Scholarship all we ask is that you do a $97 deposit that you get back after the event, because we are going to ship your workbook and a workshop materials to you. Wow! So if you, I would say financial freedom formula ebook is a great place to start. And then if you want to go deeper, then click the gold button on the next page and join me at the financial freedom one-on-one event.
0: And, and when the, is that um, going to happen? When is that? Taking that you is months? online.
1: It's online. So people from all over the world come. It's amazing. Yeah. And you can see the dates on the site. We offer, we offer them multiple times. Uh, So you find, yeah, we typically do three a year and you can choose a date that works for you. And the link for that again is financialfreedomgift.com. If you just go to my website, it's $497. So uh, use the magic link we just gave you.
0: That's amazing. And I'll definitely be checking that out. Cause I'm trying to up-level myself. I'm trying to make sure that I've got all my financial ducks in a row. Uh, now that, you know, I'm going through this phase. And so I more than ever, need to understand it and really make sure that I'm, you know, good to go, you know? Yeah. So I've, well, as a mom, I think this is a good way to go. Cause this way you don't
1: have to fly anywhere. You don't have to book a hotel, you know, right. you do it from your computer. Um, you know i'm going to do it i'm going to be doing it right here with my baby in the house the baby will be in the next room with a nanny so moms welcome we can make it work on zoom together
0: i love it i love it well thank you so much for being here and this was this was very very educational and very helpful for me and hopefully to uh the listeners and uh thank you for for being here and sharing you're all welcome. of your knowledge yeah you're welcome
1: thanks for having me i absolutely love it and uh whether you do anything with me or not, get my ebook or not. I hope that you'll do something today. Your future self will thank you for, and if
0: you are coming to financial freedom One Hundred and One, then I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to another episode of chaos cookies podcast. I try to bring as much value as I can so everyone can learn or discover new things. And so hopefully this was it for you today and we'll catch you next time on another episode. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast.